Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. Hey folks, CJ Grimm here from Poking Dead Things. It's a hard job doing what we do, and it can get kind of gross. We know that you work hard too, so I'm here to tell you that at the end of a hard day, nothing beats a hot bath and a cold beer. So treat yourself right, head to Twisted Willow Soap Company, and indulge in a bath bomb with your favorite six-pack. Remember, the only girly thing about a bath bomb are the sounds you're going to make in excitement. Twisted Willow Soap Company. Body. Mind. Soul. Some people are your relatives, but others are your ancestors, and you choose the ones you want to have as ancestors. You create yourself out of those values. Welcome to Barrow's Ancestor Traditions, the 65th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 20th century author Ralph Ellison. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meat. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. Patrons. Patrons, yes. Wow, we'll just jump just right jump into, straight into, it. Into, the, into it. First of all, I do have to say, okay. I like the name of the episode. It makes me think of Tolkien. Yes. That's, <laughs> yes. Okay, all right, correct. so we have 19 kittens. That's a lot of kittens. Oh, we love you kittens. We have 14 cats. Oh, mm. wow. We have Amber Diasathesi, Amy Schmoles, Beehive Coven, Christy Claxton, Cindy Barrick, Emily Dunaway, Gary Bearstorm, Jasmine Renee Bell, Megan Suckalow, Michelle Coquelette Burkick, Rebecca Hillman, Socora, Tanya Allen, and Zacchaeus. And we love all our cats, even with all our giggles behind it. <laughs> <laughs> Our hunters. There are 31 of them. Oh, so sit back shit. and relax. Damn. Okay, sitting back and relaxing. Uh-huh. I'm just going to chill. Just going to drink tea? my soda. Okay. Alyssa Addy, Blondie, Briar Aldridge, Charles Howerson, Delilah Darge, Darby Lockridge, Felicia Hudson, Finn Odinson, Heather Cartwright, Henry Wodehouse, Ivy Montgomery, James Smith, Yanni, Jen, Jessica Jones, Kimberly Lockerbie, Chitty Cat 47, Laudine, Laura Loki, Lee Lynn, Meredith Kenton, Misha Magdalene, Nadia Ratchford, Nicodemus Tibbetts, Ray Lothrop, Rana, Sarah LePage, Stacey Delore, Stevie Thompson, The Sugar Maple Seder, and Victoria Selness. And by the way, we can't forget Squeaky. And squeaky. and squeaky, squeak, sorry, squeaky. Wow, oh shit. <laughs> Leopards. We have Akaneko, Brandon Summit, Foxchild, and Jessica Helmer. We love you, leopards. Yep. Our tigers are Crystal of Apothecary Teas, Alora Driver, Lorelai, Misha Lutz, Nix Fallingleaf, The Art and Dreams of Divination, and Tree Wizard Creations. Panthers is QQ Ann. Wow. It's, and it's, Q-Q. and it's our glorious QQ. It's yep. our glorious QQ. We love you, QQ. Our Jaguars are Amanda Hicks, Justin Stanage, Kirsten Ray, and Bill L. And yep. we love our Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And our lion is Twisted Willow Soap Company. That's it, Twisted Willow Soap Company. And we love our lion. lion. It's yep. amazing to have a lion, actually. And also, we use their soap yeah. all the time. All of our Bath and Body products are now Twisted Willow Soap Company. Not all of them. Okay. Some no, of them are Wonderful Body Co. Yeah, oh, that's some are true. Wonderful Body Co. We, yes, we also love. We um, use Wonderful Body Co. and uh-huh. Twisted Willow Soap Company. Absolutely. Pretty much to the exclusion of all else. Yep. Yep. Which is amazing because Carr used to use exclusively ivory soap for like my entire life, mm-hmm. and then he was converted. 
converted to Twisted Willow soap. That's right. Right. That's yep. right. Yep. And I absolutely love. I literally it. used ivory soap for like 40 years. Yeah. Exclusively. Yeah. That's true. We still oh. have some housekeeping. Oh, we do? Yeah, yeah. We need to talk about the fact that we're recording on a Saturday. That's right. So uh, those of us who are Hunter and above on the Patreon mm-hmm. are able to join us for live recordings. So most of you are probably aware of that because we mention the people from the Discord all the time right. Right, in the middle of episodes. It's because we're, they're we're here with us live them. while we're recording. Yep. We have been recording on Sundays at 7 p.m. because that was a good time for us. But Carr just got a new job at a meadery. Hooray! Yep. Which has a weekly meeting on Sundays at 7. Yep. yep. On our exact recording time. Yep. So we are no longer able to record at that time. We will now, as a result, be recording... At Saturdays Saturday, at 7, 7 p.m. Yep. So if you are a supporter of us on Patreon at a hunter level or above and you usually join us on Sundays, you will now have to join us on Saturdays. Yep. We know that that means some of you are not going to be able to make it, but... There's it also means some will. Exactly. Yeah. So it'll, yeah. it means some different people will be able to make yeah. it. So you guys might hear a different assortment of hunters. Names. That's yep. right. A different assortment yep. of names. But here here we have with us today uh, Finn Odinson mm-hmm. and yep. Justin. And Squeaky. And I, Squeaky. Although Squeaky has mentioned uh, may not be able to be here. The whole time. The, the whole, whole time. time. Yep. Mm-hmm. But we do but, have uh, some new peeps. Yeah. Yep. Ivy Montgomery. Yep, mm-hmm. Ivy Montgomery is able to make it. Uh, our Darren is here. Mm-hmm. Alyssa is here. So yep. that's right. So it's very, it's a lot of fun, and we enjoy interacting with our hunters and above mm-hmm. listeners on the Discord. On yeah. the Discord, yeah. you guys provide really, really good commentary and questions all the time. Although it's awfully funny to me when uh, it becomes commentary that is completely unrelated. completely unrelated to what we're talking about. Their commentary on Discord is often some and, other and world. some other land, right, yes. Yeah. We are doing the Yuling again this year, uh, same as last year, but slightly different. Way better because I'm not in charge of it. <laughs> so there's a Google form that you can fill out to send us your name and your mailing address and the stuff you're interested in so that the person you're paired up with can send you a gift that's cool and that you'll like. Mm-hmm. URL for that is tinyurl.com slash three pack. That's three P-A-A-C Yule. So tinyurl.com slash three pack Yule. You have to be signed up for it by December 1st. At December 2nd, your partners will go out. You will be assigned to a partner. By December 15th, your gift for that person should be in the mail. It should cost you no more than $5, although I can't make you any promises about what the the shipping, the shipping cost is going right, to be. But yep. the gift itself should not cost more than $5. Handmade stuff is great, and we strongly encourage that. Yes, Absolutely. we've actually had some chatter on uh, mm-hmm. the Facebook page about doing a painting, and everybody's like, yes, I'd love to receive that. Yes, I'd love to yes, receive exactly. that. So, yes. Absolutely. So we yeah. definitely encourage handmade gifts. And yep. if you need to start now, because right. get yeah. going on it, yep. and that yep. way when you do receive your partner, you'll be ready to go. Whatever your gift is, it needs to be in the mail by December 15th. If for whatever reason you are not able to get your gift in the mail by December 15th, you need to contact me at ode at threepagansandacat.com so that I can make different arrangements for the person you were paired with. Mm-hmm. And be prepared that some of our listeners are live in other countries. Live in other countries. International. Yeah. Yep. So I will be mostly randomly assigning you partners. I will try 
to get people in the same country together <laughs> where together. possible, right? Just to save everyone inconvenience with、um, international shipping. Yep. I can't make you any guarantees on that. So,、mm-hmm. like, if you get your assignment and you know immediately you're not going to be able to ship to this person, just let me know straight away. Yep, that's right. There's no shame, no blame, no drama. Just、yep. I just need to know so that、that's、we、right. can take care of it yep, another way,、right. so we can move forward. All right, I think that's everything for housekeeping. I think that's good. Okay, we've been doing a little sort of pseudo series recently where we've been talking about deities and spirits, and now we're going to talk about ancestors. Well, and, yes, and、okay. ancestor traditions. That's、yep. right. The first thing I guess is that there are, depending on which academic sources you read, different opinions on whether ancestor veneration is a worldwide practice. It's very widespread practice,、mm-hmm. and it looks a little. Different to everywhere that you find it, but there are some academics、mm-hmm. who do not recognize what I would consider ancestor veneration in certain groups, like the Aboriginal communities in Australia are usually considered as not having ancestor veneration, even though they have ancestral tribal spirits. That's、right. Interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting.、Mm-hmm. My understanding is the Aboriginal tribes worship、uh, or venerate ancestral spirits that are sort of abstract,、mm-hmm. where it's not like an individual known dead person、mm-hmm. who is being venerated. Right. But like those people become part of the greater ethos, the, of, yeah, the yeah. greater abstract ancestral spirit. Right.、Yep. To me, that looks like ancestor veneration. Yeah, because isn't that similar to what happens in African traditions? In some of them, there's a wide variety in African、mm. traditions. Yeah. Yeah. Ancestor veneration is very, very common. Very common in those.、Um, in those. My、beliefs. impulse is to say that ancestor veneration. Features on some level in sort of every human culture.、Mm-hmm. I don't know that、be. that's true, but that's how I feel. Part of what I discovered while I was doing、mm-hmm. research on this is that, like, there are some communities where, like. The Aborigines—they've、yeah. been pushed out of the ancestor veneration bubble by anthropologists who are just inexplicably refusing, from back in the day,、mm-hmm. colonialists basically, guess, who are、yeah. just inexplicably refusing to consider that ancestor veneration. Yeah, for it's, abstract it's, reasons of their own. It's interesting because, like, ethnologists a, are weird. There's a rock right now, rock. There's a mountain right now <laughs> in Australia that has just been put off limits to climb. Yes, I saw that. Because、so、the Aborigines say this is where to our ancestor worship.、Uh-huh. So, right. So if they're saying ancestor well, well, worship, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's what they call yeah, it. Yeah. Well, There have been arguments that I've seen in the academic world where, like, an ethnolinguist will、mm-hmm. say you can't consider this culture as having ancestor veneration because the word they have doesn't translate to ancestor; it translates to ghost or something like that. And they insist that that's enough of a difference that it's not ancestor veneration. So you get these, like, this weird academic gatekeeping about what constitutes ancestor veneration.、Right. Okay. Well, first of all, let's define for our、yeah. listeners what. Ancestor worship is forget at what at least、right. to us forget what the academics what say right now is insisting exactly because honestly it it sounds like they're just arguing amongst themselves. I mean that's academia. The sport of it. There are some arguments 
in spiritual communities about the difference between ancestor worship and ancestor veneration, because those are not necessarily the same thing. Fair. And this comes down, as it always seems to, to what is worship? Uh Uh-huh. So ancestor worship, some people would say, is only if you view your ancestors as being divine in some way. Okay. Ancestor veneration is if you view your ancestors as being non-divine but worthy of respect. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Either way, you're looking at a tradition that's focused on honoring and remembering the dead in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the point. Mm-hmm. Whether I, I think it becomes kind of semantics in certain Listen, aspects. Humans love semantics. Yeah, I, I, I really do think it becomes that in certain aspects. The important part is that ancestors, however you regard them, mm-hmm. whether it's those who have recently passed, whether it is... And yeah, there's a whole bunch of classes. Yeah, we'll all get these into different that. classes. The point is, these spirit beings are being honored mm-hmm. in your practice. Well, and there are also non-religious ancestor veneration traditions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where the ancestor veneration isn't a spiritual experience. Right. It's a community building experience, mm-hmm. right? It has mm-hmm. less to do with like intercession mm-hmm. or with getting help from your ancestors or establishing a direct connection to your ancestors mm-hmm. than it does with sort of a filial responsibility mm-hmm. to your ancestors. Mm-hmm. So it's not even necessarily a spiritual tradition. It could just be like a non-spiritual secular community obligation. Yeah. We take care of our elders. Exactly. Living or not. Exactly. (laughs) So that's probably a good segue into talking about the reasons you do ancestor veneration, right? Or ancestor worship. One of them is the community. Right. Like ties to your community. It If everybody has to go to the ancestor shrine once a week and, you know, pour something out for grandma, Mm -hmm. that's an important community ritual, right? Right, yep. That helps you build ties. Interesting because, like, thinking about it like that, uh, I remember back to my days working at the cemetery Mm -hmm. where we had several bikers who would show up Mm -hmm. every week and they would pour out a beer and leave a joint on top of the grave. Yeah, that's a libation and an offering. Right, yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, To one of their, you know, compatriots. And and what it does, it I think it not only brings communities together, it brings family, it brings new family together. Right. Like people who are coming in who may not have known this individual, like other bikers, right, might not yeah. have known who that individual was, but because... But they still wore the same they colors. Wore, mm-hmm. They yeah. wore the yeah. same colors, so they have a connection to them in that regard. They have chosen them to be their ancestor. There's an extent to which it can help with a grief process, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially with the newly dead. Right. Although you need to be careful not to let it extend a grief process. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. There's an important balance to strike there between like dwelling in that grief and not processing it Mm -hmm. and working through that grief and transmuting that grief into respect and honor, mm-hmm. right? It looks like Finn has said, I've tried to gather things from parts of the world where my ancestors are from so they have a place in my hearth and home. Mm-hmm. And my family each has a candle on our altar that we light each, each day. day. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful because you're teaching your children to honor these ancestors just uh, like it, those bikers. Exactly, you know? yeah. Yep. It brings every person that in your family connection. into that process. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes it can be as simple as, you know, pour one out. And sometimes it's a more elaborate ritual or right. you tell stories about the dead. Yep. You reminisce mm-hmm. about them, you know, and that helps keep their memory yep. alive. Mm-hmm. Which we did at Salon. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. Exactly. Yeah. You know, stories about our family mm-hmm. and 
I told stories that a I probably you have not forgotten. remembered yeah. in mm-hmm. forty five years, mm-hmm. um, and b that you all had never heard. Mm-hmm. That's right. So and yeah. so we were able to do that. We were able to. I think we lit some candles. We did. Yep. Yep. And we shared stories and put photos and mm-hmm. and offerings on the, on altar. the yep. ancestor altar. I found that to be a very meaningful yep. way to honor them on Samhain. A lot of ancestor tradition comes down to remembering. At least it does in my experience of ancestor tradition. Like, I don't know how much that's true in other culturally ancestor-venerating traditions, Mm -hmm. especially where that's been the practice for, like, a long time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they need as much help remembering that their ancestors exist as we do in the Western world. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, because I think it's it's a bigger part of their culture, Mm -hmm. you know, in the... Family altogether is a bigger part of their Mm -hmm. culture because, you know, grandma, grandpa, great-grandpa, great-grandma, all live with the family anyway. Mm -hmm. In a lot of cases, die at home. Right, Mm -hmm. die at home Mm -hmm. and then are, you know, and so it's just part of that, keeping that same tradition going, Mm -hmm. that culture. We don't have that much. Not anymore. in Western America. That's no. Right. In in our culture, in Western we're very, culture, um, we're very isolated. We're yes, isolated. Yeah. We we remove ourselves from the family, moving across country, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Our elderly are Shipped put off, put yeah. into homes and and things like that. And I'm saying that as someone whose mother is living in an independent care facility. Care facility. Yeah. We just don't have that same sense, or even maybe even the ability, yeah, to keep our ancestors, to keep our family are elderly with us. And even yeah. aside from that, you look at a country like the United States, you're looking at a, a population that has been, through various means, mm-hmm. some of them more horrifying than others, cut off from yes. ancestral heritage. That's yeah. right. That's right. And we, it's ancestral lands, mm-hmm. all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. So. Yeah, so, I mean, for myself, my heritage is German, Norwegian, Danish, and English. Mm-hmm. But that's very hard for me to, to connect, connect with to those ancestral lines in those countries mm-hmm. because ultimately my heritage, if you will, right. is, is American, American for the last several hundred years. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's exactly. this sort of split. There's a disconnect. There's, there's just a, there's a break in the line mm-hmm. between the American ancestors mm-hmm. and right. the old country and the old I guess, country. Yeah. 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 And that makes it harder, I think, to keep them at the front of your mind mm-hmm. or even, you know, in the back of your mind. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, and that, I think, is why ancestor traditions or new ancestor traditions, I guess, is a better way to frame it. Because the cultures that have had, like, long unbroken traditions mm-hmm. of ancestor mm-hmm. veneration, I don't know if they have the same problem where, like, it's just hard to remember that they right. exist. India, Asia, mm-hmm. Africa, they all have some form of, of ancestor, ancestor veneration, veneration it, as part of their culture. I want to say even just... the English do to an extent because they tend to because they can trace back so far. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And you can actually go, go to a fucking barrow where right. your ancestors' bones are. Yep. I can't do that. There are no barrows I can go to. That's true. To to go, you know, do utaseta on the bones of my ancestors and commune with them directly. I got to do it from across a fucking ocean. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. So that's true. I think you're right. I think the people living in Britain and Ireland, Scotland 
in Europe, I think they have so a, a longer closer, tradition. They have a longer, right. closer tradition right. to their ancestors because those places, those sacred places are still there. And right. I obviously I can't speak from experience here, but I would not be surprised if even American tribes, like mm-hmm. if the Native American tribes have a similar mm-hmm. struggle with disconnect because so much of the land was stolen yeah. right. and defaced. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, like Mount Rushmore right. was a sacred site. Yep. Yeah. And now it's got the faces of a bunch of presidents on it. Right. Yeah. 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 So I would think and that would I, be you know, difficult. I, yeah, I think even newer immigrants to the country mm-hmm. have an issue because kind of coming to America is cutting off where you came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you are expected to assimilate into America. American culture. Yeah. Right. And to, to some of, extent, but just to another extent, I think some of it is too. Like, I'm, I'm trying to get away from a place that. If you're a wasn't refugee, great, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, that wasn't great, True. and so I. So you kind deliberately of want, cut off. Yes, yeah, so you deliberately cut off mm-hmm. some of that. Some of them they just can't go back where they came from. Yeah, so. right. And that that did happen during earlier stages yep. of, of immigration, of immigration mm-hmm. in the United States. People would come over and they change their names. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which makes it much harder to do the G. Well, and sometimes the they didn't ancestors. change their names, but the, somebody the fucking, at Ellis Island, yeah, exactly, was just like, I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm going to write down something different. Right. My Norwegian great-grandfather, he mm-hmm. changed his last name because he wanted to sound American. Yeah. Yep. And so that makes the genealogy research much more difficult. Much more yes, difficult. As I well know. Uh-huh. But it also just, it's just another layer of separation between mm-hmm. you and your heritage, yep. right? It is. And that's so, complicated and difficult to sort of work through. And I think that's why for me, until honestly this year, mm-hmm. ancestor veneration has not been part of my practice. Yeah, yeah. you really didn't it, do it at it's all. It's really not been... You started, I think, when your dad died. I did. I did, which is interesting because, you know, obviously my I have grandparents mm-hmm. that I could have created, to. I could have reached out to. My grandmother, one of my paternal grandmother, mm-hmm. was with me in spirit for a long time. But yeah, no, it was just something that n- it never even occurred to me that it would be something I could or even should do mm-hmm. was to create an ancestor altar or uh, a shrine or do any kind of ancestor veneration. Now, when I look at it, I go, oh, well, of course. Right. Yeah, of course I would do this. But yeah, it honestly, for me, it did take the death of my father for me to kind of go, oh, yeah, to step into that, to have that. To see a value in it. Yeah, to see a value in it. Exactly. Yeah, Justin says, what about those who don't know some of their ancestral lines for one reason or another? You get that with adoption. Adoption. Yep. Especially. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's another tricky, complicated layer to being adopted, I Mm -hmm. guess. My understanding is that I am not adopted, Mm -hmm. but uh, my understanding is that it is, it's sometimes traumatic and difficult. Right. Mm-hmm. to process, you know, okay, well, these are my parents, but yeah. biologically, there are some other humans in the world who are responsible for my existence. Generally speaking, it's accepted that if you've been adopted, and this is true not just for, like, legal adoptions, like, of children, but, like, when you get initiated, very often mm-hmm. that initiatory line becomes mm-hmm. essentially an adopted ancestor tradition, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. ever, ever, all the initiators before you become your ancestors. Yeah, yeah. If you become a blood brother, if you do uh, a ritual like that, mm-hmm. um, you're considered adopted into your blood brother's mm-hmm. family line. So there are a lot of ways to get attached to a non-biological ancestry line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for that to be 100% like essentially as far as 
everyone is concerned, mm-hmm. identical to a biological ancestor line. Right. It doesn't have to just be bloodline. No, no, it doesn't. That's the most common, I yeah. think. Yeah, and I think that's who most people think yeah. of. And I think... But it's actually a much wider... Oh, yeah, it's a wide range. Wide range. I think we would say, you know, at least for us at this point, and I don't think this would change, would be like somebody even from the Pride. Yeah. Just because they're that important to us. Yeah. If somebody from the Pride died, they'd probably go into my honor dead. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. It's time for reviews. Perfect. Yes. It's a perfect time. And perfect I did time. read the book this time. I'm Yay! so proud of you. I'm so fucking proud of you. All right. So we are reviewing, we are reviewing Honoring Your Ancestors, A Guide to Ancestral Veneration by a name I'm going to take a run at, Mallory Vaudois. That was a very nice run. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but that's my guess based on the spelling and my French class. (laughs) Italian, not French. Italian. Italian. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) Everything becomes French to this Spanish became French. I took French. It was my first foreign language class. And now every romance language to me is French. That's right. That's right. It is a good book. Mm-hmm. There were some aspects. I don't know. Maybe it's just her tone in writing sometimes felt a little arrogant. In some, I didn't, in certain ways. I didn't get that. I didn't that. get that, no. I didn't get that at all. Are you but sure it wasn't the Catholicism triggering you? It could have been that. It could <laughs> have been that. Because she right at the beginning does say, or she or he, could be either she, way, but that name. Yeah. does say right at the beginning that I'm using the Catholicism here because yeah. that's where I come from, but it, you can use whatever you want. Right. It could have been that. It could also have been her stance on mediumship that kind of irritated me a little bit. I agreed with her in some, in, you know, in the general sense that, yes, I believe that all people have the ability to to communicate through a mediumship skill or psychic ability um, uh-huh. to yes, ancestors or spirits or whatever. Just kind of the way she talked about that subject. What specifically? Because <laughs> I didn't. I, it, I don't I, think there was anything like, in there that I thought you would disagree with. No, it felt like she was coming down on those who are professional mediums as for all fakes and hucksters kind of. That's you know. a widespread opinion. <laughs> yes, and so that's but that's you know, and I realize that that's a widespread opinion. There but are some it's still kind of it. There, there are some people who just believe wrong. that's not something you should charge for. And right. that's like, I can't tell anybody that that's like not okay for them to, right. for Agreed. their stance to Agreed. be that. Right. That used to be my stance. Exactly. Overall, I found the book to be very informative. Mm-hmm. I liked that there were rituals and that there were there was journal of, prompts. Yes, the journal prompts lots were of good. things to think about. I also I've liked seen bad journal prompts before. These yeah, were good right. ones good. That, that inspired actual thought. And I did also like that she gave descriptions of a very wide range yeah. of what ancestors yeah. can mean. And, right. oh, yeah. And, yeah. and what that, what that veneration tradition can look like. Mm-hmm. She describes building ancestor altars and yeah. gives like a huge mm-hmm. list of like, here are the various ways you could approach this. And then, just do whatever works. And she talked about different types of offerings that you could leave. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it was, overall, it was it's a very, very comprehensive It's a very book. comprehensive book. Yeah. It yeah. has a good bibliography. Yes, it does. I, I was impressed <laughs> with the bibliography, which you know is very important for me. Yes. But no, I like this book a lot, actually. I um, do too. Yeah. I, like I said, it doesn't, it does have some Catholic influences, although all mm-hmm. that did was reinforce for me that Catholics are great at ritual. That's right. Right. <laughs> they do know how to do a good ritual. So. So we recommend this book. Honoring your ancestors, a guide to ancestral veneration. You're going to give it a out of five. Mm, 
probably four. Four. Shit, I give this book five stars. All right, and I'm at five as well, so I think that averages out to about four and a half stars. Yep. For this, so you can currently buy this book. It is available. It came out in September, mm-hmm. so it's been out a couple of months now. It is sixteen ninety nine US, and we got this from Llewellyn for free. For free. Yes, it was for not a an com- unbiased review. For an unbiased yeah, we, review. Yeah, we actually got a proof, so we yep. have not read mm-hmm. the completed book. Like yes. this one didn't yes. have the dedication in it. No, exactly. yeah, didn't there, have the de- dedication, the, didn't have a lot of stuff. The index wasn't done right. and yeah. so forth. Yeah. yeah, like the index still had page zero for uh-huh. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely... Three Pagans and a Cat yeah. definitely recommends you getting this book. Yeah, I like this book. Yep. And just cut out the parts you don't like. That's it for the reviews. That That's also nice. one of our fastest reviews, right? They really well, you know, I'm trying. We're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. We're trying. We're we actually liked it. It's normally the books know, we don't you, like that we're, we're like. Just like no, this let me, book was a slog. Let we me just rip it apart. <laughs> let me destroy this person's whole career. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You say nah, but that's us. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so one of the other reasons you might practice an ancestor tradition is intercession, which is a concept that Catholics again will mm-hmm. be familiar with, mm-hmm. right? Um, so intercession is the idea that if you need something from a higher spirit, like a god, it can be hard to get their attention. So sometimes you ask a, for lack of a better word, lesser spirit, like an ancestor who has a more vested interest in your success, to take your petition to their boss mm-hmm. and right. say, can you do this for my living child, please? And that is essentially what praying to saints in yeah, the exactly. tradition that yep. is. Yeah. That is saints, is you... Yeah. you they are petitioning God exactly. for you. The idea is you go to the saint and say, I need X thing that you're supposed to be the patron of. Mm-hmm. Please tell God that I need that. And a lot of ancestor veneration has a very similar flavor. Kind of- Even if you're not, like, petitioning the Judea Christian God mm-hmm. or even any God, even if you're just like, dear the universe, please help. It's easier to get the attention of your ancestors because A, if you have a good, uh, strong ancestor tradition, you mm-hmm. have strong relationships with them because mm-hmm. you have regular offerings with them, regular communication with them. Mm-hmm. You are paying attention to them, so they're paying attention to you. Right. Just because you've established that mutual relationship. Mm-hmm. But also, your ancestors, the, the theory goes, have a vested interest in your continuance on Earth. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because they're the reason you exist. Right. The idea is, like, they already gave you the gift of life. Mm-hmm. You give them the gift of memory, and they continue to, to make sure you live It's a whole cycle. It's a cycle. Yeah, and then the longer you live, the more you remember them. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you have children. And they are, and they are honored and remembered, Mm -hmm. and that's how, that's how we live on in in our family lines. Yep. Uh, In fact, there are some traditions where the worst thing you can possibly do is forget an ancestor. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a thing they do in Hellenismos, which is Greek-derived traditions, where ancestor veneration in that tradition is is an obligation to the spirit of the dead to keep them in memory mm-hmm. and therefore keep them like intact, mm-hmm. right? If someone dies and no one is willing to do memory work for them, no one is willing to do ancestor veneration for them, mm-hmm. their spirit breaks up mm. and dissipates. So the worst thing you can possibly do 
to an ancestor is forget them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it does actual harm. So uh-huh. that's that's the case in some traditions. It's an imperative, right? That, it's that it's an remember. obligation. It's an obligation to remember your ancestors. That's really kind of beautiful. Yeah. It's it's a really interesting framework. Yeah. Where you have a mutual obligation to sustain each other, right? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. sustain them through memory and, and they, they intercede on your behalf to sustain you in life. Wow. Yeah, it's very mutualistic. That's very interesting. So this is according to one of Maple's Catholic friends when asked how they deal with prayer. You have your guardian angel. If you don't want them, go to your saints. If you don't want your saints, go to your archangels. They'll help you out. But whatever you do, don't bother Jesus. <laughs> you do not directly no. go to Jesus. Don't go directly <laughs> He's to too Jesus. busy for you. <laughs> I'm he just is thinking, the, he if, is the CEO. What if one of your, like, guardian angels is named Jesus? Or what if one of your ancestors is, is named, named Jesus? Jesus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that does happen. Jesus. Right, yeah. yeah. Justin says, Lincoln felt there was no afterlife as of the 1850s. The dead only existed as long as they were remembered. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And while Lincoln understood loss and grief with yeah. the loss and of And I guess children, that means Lincoln is still around is then. very Strongly remembered. remembered. (laughs) Still kicking it in in wherever the remembered dead are. I guess I guess I guess you could say we do have in American culture a kind of veneration of great individuals, like through uh, you know because we have the Lincoln Memorial and people go and they observe this and they talk about it. Would that not be a kind of veneration? Yeah, actually. I suspect anyone who has a monument where people go and, like, meditate on the virtues of mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, even if they're not And he doesn't have out, a monument. He has a memorial. A memorial. Yeah. It's different. Then the, so, then the monument, the Washington but, monument. But even yes. if you're not leaving out offerings or whatever, mm-hmm. if you go to his likeness... And you like read the words on the wall, the words exactly, on and meditate on, on observe the his image, exactly, and try to and try so, to like embody the virtues of Abraham Lincoln, or that you imagine the virtues of Abraham Lincoln. I have been doing ancestor veneration since birth. Basically. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. And so, you were a DC baby, yeah, exactly. And think about the memorials to the war veterans mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, people, when you go and you you observe the names, even if they're not your ancestors, they're. Yeah. Yeah, you go connection. to the you go to those memorial walls where they list all the dead, from exactly. the, all the fallen from this battle or yeah. that one, and you read the names. Yep. You're doing a form of, of ancestor, ancestor veneration. I like that. So even yeah. like when I think about, but the the prison that was in the South that all of the Ask Union Justin, soldiers he probably know. <laughs> were killed. Justin's typing. <laughs> Andersonville. That's Andersonville. what I'm trying to think. Yeah. Thank you, Justin, to the rescue. So Andersonville Prison, like that, has a huge impact. Mm-hmm. on me mm-hmm. as a person and then of course like you know watching movies or videos about it in particular documentaries mm-hmm. but I've read a mm-hmm. ton about Andersonville in my life remember those mm-hmm. dead Union soldiers mm-hmm. just because of the atrocities that were committed yeah. so think about the the tomb of the unknown soldier I right. have been there yep. when they've when they've had the changing of the guard yeah. and and people go and they sit and they think and it's not just for one unknown soldier right. it's for it's, all it's for yeah. the yeah. idea 
of unknown, unknown soldiers. soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. And that itself is also, I think, has to be a form mm-hmm. of, of ancestor yeah. veneration. Maple says, if less people remember you and you get weaker, does the power of an entire nation in remembrance make you more powerful? And yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the answer to that is yes. That's usually when you become one of the honored or elevated dead. And that's why we now have memorials and yeah. monuments to certain people. That's right. That's right. I've been to Gettysburg. Justin is saying he's going to be going to Gettysburg Cemetery. Yeah, we've been to Gettysburg we've been Cemetery. There. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. They so, three of us? Yep. yep. Yeah. I was yeah. small, but yeah. yeah, I've been there. So that kind of gives me a whole new way mm-hmm. to approach going to these monuments and, and cemeteries yeah. and especially these famous battles. If cemeteries. you go with the right mindset, the yeah, right like mindset. not every tourist there is doing ancestor no, veneration, uh-uh. but the ones right. who are there honoring the sacrifices or trying mm-hmm. to em- embody the spirit of mm-hmm. the virtues of right. this person or mm-hmm. whatever. So, or, or, or like um, John Brown. Yes. 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 You're, yes. You've got a whole thing about John Brown. Yep, I do. Mm-hmm. Yep, I do. I mean, the Underground Railroad. Yeah, the Underground Railroad and, and Harper's Ferry mm-hmm. and all of that. If people unconsciously go to these places mm-hmm. and it becomes a form of ancestor mm-hmm. veneration. These are just very big altars. These are very big altars. Would it be far-fetched to say, and considering how many cultures actually have been a, you know ancestor mm-hmm. veneration as part of their religious tradition or just their culture, is it perhaps just a human instinct that's what I think, yes. You know, to venerate. I'm not an ethnologist or an before. anthropologist, but, uh, there are, so there are actually anthropology theories that, uh, ancestor veneration was one of the early forms of religious practice hmm. and that it developed sociologically to tie groups together right. for mm-hmm. better survival. So they would meet together yeah. and I, that makes so sense. I, they would build stronger attachments. Yeah, so yes. I have a question right. now. Uh-huh. Obviously I've been to like Harper's Ferry and I've been to mm-hmm. Manassas, the battlefield there, and I've been to Gettysburg and I've been to... You've been you know, to many locations. Right, many, yeah. many of these. Especially in that, in that northeastern area, yeah. area. I don't know anybody personally who's died there that I know of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, don't remember where Hunter McGuire was killed, but but how is it when you, when like, I go to like the Luray Caverns mm-hmm. and think of about that portion of my family that, that mm-hmm. stole them. That stole that. Uh, but does that... Because everyone that, in your family is a criminal. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Sure. So is that more of a... Does that mean more to that side of the family than, like, just doing it from here? So, like, if I were to go, oh, well, the Campbells are really cool and I want to venerate them here at home, mm-hmm. is that different than if I venerate the Campbells and So I, I think veneration is good even if you do it in your home, right? Like, it's good to just establish that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep up that relationship. You can do it at home and never, you know, visit the place. Right. But my personal feeling, and this may be a heathenry thing, because like I said, I miss not, there's a part of me that's like, where are the fucking barrows where my ancestors' bones are? Right. But yeah, there's a part of me that I feel like if, they, if, if there's a location your ancestors have a strong tie to, mm-hmm. either because it belonged to them or because they were buried there or because there's a memorial to them there right. or whatever, if those locations have strong ties to your ancestors, it's valuable, I would say, to okay. visit those places and do veneration there. And then continue doing veneration in your home on a regular right. basis. Right. But mm-hmm. it's valuable, I think, to visit that place and make that 
more direct connection if you can. If right. It, if it's a possibility. Yeah. And I guess that's my draw to want to go to Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. to Bradford, is just because part of my family is from mm-hmm. there. And so I want to go and... To be in the place. Right. Be yeah. in the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of that, I think, is some of that disconnect of being separated from your tr- your mm-hmm. heritage, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and specifically being separated from the land that you were... Mm-hmm. That your heritage came from, right? Right, right. Like I have never been—I've never been out of this country. Right. right. I've never been west of Tennessee in this country. I'm currently more the most west I've ever yeah, been. Say, yeah, yeah. I am the most west I've ever been now in Michigan. I have no like physical rooted world connection to my ancestry in Scandinavia, my ancestry in Germany, my ancestry in the old world, right? right yep. And I, I barely have a connection to the places where, you know, they came to shore here, you know, or where they lived here. Right. Yeah, I don't um, think you've ever been to Missouri, which no, is where both my parents Exactly. Were. I've never been to Missouri, so I've never but seen those farms. you have been to farms. Jamestown. I've been to Jamestown. So that is... That is where one of my ancestors... Yes. Right, came to shore. Uh, came, so. um, my, my mother's side of the family. There's something about being in the place that they were that teaches you about the people they had to have been. Right. Right. The environment informs the individual. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. When I'm looking at like the things my ancestors did in Scandinavia mm-hmm. and I'm trying to translate those things to things I can do here, mm-hmm. there are not direct correlations right. because our environments are so different. Mm-hmm. Not even just in terms of like time. Right. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like just physical location. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we have different seasons. We have different diets. Right. We have different air quality. <laughs> like, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, it's, I think it's valuable if it's possible to, and you're never obviously going to be able to 100% be in the place at the time of your ancestor, right? Right. 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 The air quality is always going to be different now. Unless right. time yep. travel becomes a thing. Uh-huh. But I think there's, I think there's some value in if it's possible for you going to that place and trying to connect with that environment right. because they were connected to that environment, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if you can't connect to that environment, you're missing a piece. Right. Ivy uh, said, it's like the difference between honoring the elements on your altar or actually going outside to do the work. They both are spiritual, but one of them is more physical. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So that one is more work. I guess it's just to, if you have those opportunities or maybe make those right. opportunities. Right. If you yeah. have the resources. So if you have the yeah. resources so that you can kind of get that sense of connection. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's, it it's, hasn't really been, why Ancestor Veneration really hadn't been part of my practice. Because and, you didn't feel sort of Because I didn't have to... that connection. I mean, I have no memory of my great-grandparents or... Mm-hmm. I get that stuff from the ancestors I don't remember because mm-hmm. they died before I was right, born. Right. right. So I get that through hearing about hearing stories about them mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from the people who knew them were possible. Yeah. Fortunately, my mother's my grandfather, grandfather wrote down a bunch of stories that he got family from stories. family stories uh, and genealogical records. Yeah. Uh, that is and the one great thing about my mother's side of the family. Yeah. My, they kept good they records. They kept very good records. Yeah. So so I At have so I 
have stories and and records of like land purchases and things mm-hmm. like that. So I can sort of track their travel and mm-hmm. I can hear about, you know, what their children said they were like and mm-hmm. newspaper articles about their exploits so I can get to know them that way. Right. Yeah. Justin just said, hmm, ancestors in general, if you can trace them at all, how does that link with ancestral deities? Mm. Now, I think you can deify your ancestors to a point. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I would call the elevated dead. So maybe we should talk about this. Yeah, one. let's... So, so there are the, what I call the known dead. Mm-hmm. Um, those are usually the recently dead, the people you knew in life. I call them the beloved dead, but sure. yeah, that can, I think there's several different ways to. Yeah. I just call them. those the known dead because they're the ones that, they're, yeah. There's the unknown dead, mm-hmm. which are the ones that I did not know personally or may not know by name at all. Like right. there are some blank spaces in my family tree where we don't know exactly who this person was. Right. Right. Yep. You know, we have a name, but it's like a nickname name and mm-hmm. we haven't been able to find any well, records even, of their existence. My, my grandmother, we knew her name, we know mm-hmm. her name, but she was adopted mm-hmm. and she was not a talkative person. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so I haven't been able to find anything, anything beyond that. Yeah. So sometimes all you have is a name or, you know, if that, right? right? Sometimes right. you don't even really have a name. Right. So I call those the unknown dead. They're the ones you don't have any like information about. Right. Then there are the ancient dead, mm-hmm. which humans have been around for a long time. Yeah. We have haven't been recording most of our history. We've been around for about 200 to 400,000 years, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That's a very long, well, comparatively to our written history. Mm-hmm. In terms of the length of the planet's life, it's very little time at all. But two to 400,000 years of evolution where right. we're recognizable as human beings. Mm-hmm. Those are all ancestors. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Right down to mitochondrial Eve. Right. <laughs> so, So those humans who may not have had language, mm-hmm. who certainly didn't have writing, mm-hmm. whose lives were incomparably different from ours, right, mm-hmm. are still mm-hmm. our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Right. And they are harder to access because their lives and their experiences so and different. their... Yeah, and their perceptions are so different from yours. But they're very, very strong, valuable ancestors if you can get in contact you with them. say they're more of a primal force yeah, that you can... Yeah, they're... They... My experience has been they don't have nuanced opinions about things, mm-hmm. and they are really only interested in, like, the first three layers of Maslow's hierarchy of mm-hmm. needs. Like, mm-hmm. they will help you find food and shelter and and fight your enemies. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> food, shelter, safety. Those yeah. are the things yeah. that interest the, the ancient dead mm-hmm. um, by and large. But they're very, very good at those things. Mm-hmm. And they're very impressed with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's been your experience. My experience has been, now, they're not very impressed with our survival skills necessarily. Uh, well, neither am I, to be honest. Um, but but <laughs> They they do seem to enjoy us, for lack of a better term. Like, they like that we don't have to fight as hard as mm-hmm. they had to, mm-hmm. right? They think that makes us, you know, kittens, basically, mm-hmm. to tigers. But they're glad we get to be kittens, mm-hmm. right? So the ancient dead, if you can hook up with them, are very cool. I like the ancient dead a lot. 
Now, how did you how did you go about that process? Was it through meditation? Was it through veneration? Uh, it was a combination. I noticed in the process of my of my ancestor work, and we can get into more detail on this because we're going to do right. a working with ancestors at some point. But I noticed that I was not specifically honoring them, mm-hmm. and that consequently I was not getting connection to them. Mm-hmm. Right, so I went looking for a connection to the ancient dead. Mm-hmm. I reached out to them. Specifically specifically to see if they were even accessible at all. Cause I thought, well, maybe they're just so different or so far back that you just can't talk to them and you can't really talk mm-hmm. to them, but they are there. If you reach far enough back, it's more work than the rest of your ancestors are, but I find it very rewarding personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then there are the honored dead. Yes. Which are ancestors who may not have been dead for very long necessarily, but who have accomplished great things. Right. So the honored dead are usually people who did something important for for your community, right? Mm-hmm. You're probably not related to them by blood. Honored dead are usually like adopted into someone's ancestor worship. And that's a totally fine tradition. Is that the same as the mighty dead? Yeah, the honored and the mighty dead are are basically the same. Because I know that's what the druids have... Uh, the, the, the mighty, mighty dead. dead. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I call them the honored dead, but yeah, in a lot of traditions, they're, they're called the, the mighty, mighty dead. dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, those are the people who, while they were alive, did impo- big, important work for communities. Right. And that's a, so we're going to talk about this a little, I guess. And that's a status that is conferred upon the dead mm-hmm. by the living. And it is a status that can be revoked. Oh, yep. Well, that's the same thing with sainthood. Yeah. It so, is something that is conferred or can be removed. Yeah. So Isaac Bonowitz was... Oh, we're uh, going there. It's a, it's a good example. It, yeah. And it is a current topic uh, for those who are not aware. Isaac Bonowitz was considered one of the honored dead and... In the true, in the Arndrot thing. In, yeah. in the ADF. ADF, yep. Um, and in, in other communities, mm-hmm. uh, there were plenty of witches and Wiccans who mm-hmm. honored him mm-hmm. as one of the mighty dead. He is not any anymore. Nope. He has been severed from the sacred fire of the ADF. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, because more accusations uh, have come out which uh, are very credible. Yep. Yeah. Being one of the honored dead is not necessarily a lifetime appointment. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> if you fuck up badly enough that someone finds out you should not be an honored dead anymore, I suspect you are eventually consigned to that fate of no one talking about or remembering you. So Justin just asked a question. Mm-hmm. Could you claim the Army of the Potomac among the honored or mighty dead? That's a as a, question. As a, as a group? Yeah. Yes. So this is actually, this I, I think would be like an intersection between what I'd call the honored dead and what I'd call an ancestral being. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where we mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. Yep. The Aborigines in Australia have ancestral beings that are in some way composed of various individual right. dead, right? And they become a collection, a, a collective single ancestral entity. And we kind of talked right. about that some with the Tomb of the Unknown. Uh-huh. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, where you're you're honoring a group rather than an individual. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, so yeah, I think you very much could claim the, the Army of the Potomac as an honored ancestral 
ancestral being. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't think you you have to choose like an individual soldier. Mm-hmm. I think you can you use, can honor it can the be group. a collective. Yep. Yeah, a group. you can honor yep. that whole and community the, exactly. So that whatever veneration you offer to, mm-hmm. let's say the Army of the Potomac, all of those who they um, all receive that they honor. all receive yeah. that honor for help communing with our ancestors. Consult our Tiger Yvonne, who comes bearing gifts from the art and dreams of divination, bringing you handmade and hand curated divination and dream items. Find them at facebook.com slash dreams and divination and divine arts and dreams on Etsy. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Justin says, or like honoring slash representing the troops of my reenacting unit, the original members mm-hmm. during the yes. war. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Reenact, uh, so Justin <laughs> has talked to us about his reenactments before. Those are definitely mm-hmm. veneration activities. They can be. They can be, yeah. Sometimes you're just going through the motions, mm-hmm. but right. if you if think you about with, the people who yeah. you're actually... Because a lot of if you times... you are inhabiting in these, a character. Yeah. Correct, yeah. Uh, who was a real who person. Who was a real was person. A real yeah. person. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. Justin actually said earlier that one of my ancestors... Hunter McGuire, mm-hmm. he has met somebody who's portraying Hunter at oh, another thing. Cool. So yeah, because cool for me. because you are in a in a sense you're wearing the mantle of this person, right? Right. Yep. You are assuming the aspect of this person yep. for the duration of mm-hmm. this reenactment, and that's an extremely strong mm-hmm. ritual, for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah. for honoring and remembering. Yep. And I think that there's probably I imagine their society of creative anachronism. Mm-hmm. They do not always pick a character that was a real person, Mm -hmm. but they are, in my opinion, because they are embodying the spirit of that culture that they're impersonating Mm -hmm. or or inhabiting Mm -hmm. in a character, could that be a kind of, of veneration? Or does it have to be like, a specific person? I, yeah, I would th- almost think it has to be somewhat specific. I guess it could be like a tribe. Yeah. Like if it was a particular mm-hmm. tribe of Vikings that they were doing. Yeah. If you're just being a, a Viking. general a Viking, Viking, I mm-hmm. think that's a, that's that's maybe not specific enough. Mm-hmm. Or... If you choose like one of your particular ancestors to Or maybe not create, even one of your ancestors, just but, but just a specific yeah. just a specific group. Right, uh, because like the Vikings right. is a very broad right. term yeah. spectrum. Right, mm-hmm. those were not like a big homogenous group. I was in the SCA for a very short period mm-hmm. of time, but I do know that because I was getting interested in uh, my Norwegian mm-hmm. relatives and ancestry. What I was encouraged to do at the time, which I unfortunately did not take the time to follow through, was to choose a village mm-hmm. and find out all I could about because I wanted to to uh, learn more about the women of Norway mm-hmm. from a particular. Mm-hmm village and then create a character based on anything you could compile from, you know, mm-hmm. understanding what the culture was like, what the what the people of that specific area did for survival, how they dressed. I think that, that could kind of be thing. veneration if, if you, you did it in did with it in a that, very specific with that mindset. Yeah, with a very specific mindset. Rather than yeah. I'm just trying to get a character and right. 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 To some extent, I think even if you do it in the right mindset, D and D in some ways could be... Yeah, maybe on the right setting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, could be veneration. But you'd have to definitely be on the, in the right mm-hmm. setting and in the right place to be able to do it. Yeah. But. I guess the the point we're trying to make is ancestor veneration doesn't have to necessarily be 
at a specific altar right. for your specific family. No, although I do think... Although that's a huge part of ancestor I, I At least that's part of, it's part of my tradition. I do think having an ancestor altar, A, it helps you remember to do the thing, mm-hmm. and B, it gives, a, it gives them a place to go to, to reliably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. To, mm-hmm. to be at. Well, and I, I also think, think it's kind of cool, though, if you have an ancestor altar, is that your different ancestors who probably never met yeah. mm-hmm. are all hanging out there. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of getting to know each other mm-hmm. because they're all there to they have one goal in mind to right, help you. To, to communicate so, and help you. Right. right. So right. for them to get to know each other, I think is pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Finn says, my Norse ancestors seem to make themselves known more than the rest once the mead cup was empty and they threw it off the altar. Yeah, I can believe that, That Finn. sounds like the Norse ancestors. Yes, it, yes. yes, it does. So there's one other, I guess, class of the dead, and it's similar to the honored dead. This is what I call the elevated dead, mm-hmm. or you might call them the deified dead. Right. So there are some traditions that actually have like whole rituals for this where it's usually someone who's an honored, who, who's one of the honored dead. And so it's someone who accomplished great things in their life and who has been worshipped and respected and honored by large groups of people, mm-hmm. uh, usually for a not insignificant period of time. Mm-hmm. And you deify them, right? You raise them up. Well, and that's what we experienced, I believe, at Michigan The, the elevation of Tichuba. Tichuba yeah. with uh, Baba Teddy Zhao mm-hmm. and Kate Zhao and, and uh, Witch Doctor Utu. Yep. Yeah. That was, she was lifted up and venerated and deified mm-hmm. as the first witch of America. It was very, very moving. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very cool ceremony. Very cool ceremony. And it's not like you do it once and then it's done. It's sort of, you're sort of spreading the concept, I guess, that this honor Honored dead mm-hmm. has taken a higher place, right? Yeah, yeah. And can now be worshipped and approached not as an ancestor, mm-hmm. but as a deity. Right. Do you think that's where saints fall in Catholicism? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. probably that saints are elevated. Are, yeah, are elevated ancestors, right? They are not just honored ancestors, they're ancestors who have been ascribed like special and mm-hmm. unique authority. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's because as far as my understanding is with the Catholic saints, mm-hmm. they have, um, they, have to ele- perform miracles. they have to perform certain miracles and certain things have to have been done for them to yeah. be recognized and elevated yep. to this deified status. Yep. Whether the, the church, right. the church would, would not recognize would that, not as, recognize as, a it as that, but that's what it is. Yeah. But, but that's how I would perceive it. Is an it is, is an elevation out of human status, right, right and into, into a divine condition. Yep. Yep. So do you think we also do that with some scientists like Einstein? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, And probably this is where like Abraham Lincoln falls. Right. Mm -hmm. I think Abraham Lincoln is probably no longer one of the honored dead. Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln. The The founding fathers are like the elevated dead to whom we ascribe special powers and authority. Right. right? If if you, you would do things differently asking Abraham Lincoln to intercede for you than you would ask asking certainly your grandfather right right and that you would asking your one of your honored dead like a like a an elder in your tradition right right mm-hmm. the funny thing is i'm sure there are people who would never even consider approaching abraham lincoln george washington thomas jefferson as the elevated dead no but if you got but like if you a got that, why not? if you if you like if they're important to you yeah right and by virtue of being an american they would probably listen to you <laughs> if you probably if you yeah. did it yeah 
like if you approached it in that way, I mean, because the, especially like the ones who can, cons- like Washington yeah, considered Jefferson, it yeah, yeah. his obligation mm-hmm. to yep. serve the people of America, mm-hmm. right? Right. I would be because he really didn't want to be president. exactly. I would be deeply surprised if that's changed mm-hmm. in death. Right. And I think yeah. that goes to the back to that thing that we. I think sometimes, at least from my opinion and my experience. I had a very narrow view of what ancestor veneration is. Mm-hmm. And I think just in discussing this, I'm realizing it's a much It's wider, a very the, broad the, topic. It's a yeah. much broader topic. There it's a are, big umbrella. Yeah, and there are more ancestors in that realm mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. could approach. More ancestral options. And more ancestral connections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I realize that I that I have, mm-hmm. and I think something that would be easy for people to do is if you have the option of going to a historical museum yeah. near you, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a small town. Yes, mm-hmm. local history museums are wild. Yeah, so go to your like you know your small town local history mm-hmm. museum and, and find just out learn about, about the, the people. Find mm-hmm. out about the sawmill that used to be where the Kroger is. Right. Yep. You know, like that stuff. I love that kind of shit. Yeah, and then you you know you have the option. To to learn about these people, and then mm-hmm. you have the option mm-hmm. to choose whether you want to venerate them or not. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that is something, that's probably the last thing that I, I for sure want us to cover here. Mm-hmm. I chose this opening quote for a reason. So, sometimes your ancestors, whether you knew them or not, were shitty. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they were shitty wholesale. Sometimes they were complicit in shitty systems. Sometimes, like, you can't guarantee that they were shitty, but based on the time period they lived in, they were probably, by today's standards, some kind of shitty, right? You don't have an obligation mm-hmm. to accept any right. ancestor, right? right? right. Yep. Now, this is in my tradition. Some traditions, you do have an obligation right. Right. To, to at least feed them, mm-hmm. but unless you want them to dissolve. <laughs> but, like, I don't have to accept, I don't have to feed, honor, and remember mm-hmm. any of the dead. Mm-hmm. Now, if I don't, obviously I don't get the benefits right. of, of that, of that relationship. relationship. I can't be forced mm-hmm. right, to, to honor and remember mm-hmm. a specific dead person. Right. 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 So if there's a sticky relationship. <laughs> yeah. It, so, so like, I have a grandfather who, when he dies, I will give him the ultimatum. It will be the only time I've spoken to him in 20 years. I will give him the ultimatum when he dies that he can either be polite and quiet at my altar and be fed, or he can go away. And those are his options. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if he does not want to be polite and quiet at the altar and be fed, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. And in fact, I'm being overly generous offering him that much. I wholeheartedly agree because <laughs> I won't be offering him that. Yeah. My father. Part of my choice right. as part mm-hmm. of my ancestor worship is shit. I offer places at my altar for people who aren't related to me, mm-hmm. but who have no one else honoring them. Mm-hmm. The forgotten dead, the I forgotten guess is what dead. I would call those. Mm-hmm. The, the people who no one else is honoring, I have a place for them at my altar where they can come and be fed and be helpful. Yeah. Right. I do that on Samhain. I, yeah. I leave an offering for the for the lost and wandering souls. Mm-hmm. But that's not, I don't have to do that. That's something I choose to do as part of my work. And the dead who are causing problems and refusing to grow, because the dead can still grow and change. Mm-hmm. It's maybe more difficult for them sometimes, but they can still grow and change. Mm-hmm. Um, the dead who are refusing to do that, I do not work with them. 
Right. And if I'm the only person remembering them, that's their problem. So Justin asked this question. Could ancestors forgotten and dissolved be reintegrated by your own veneration? I think so, yes. I think that some ghosty goos mm-hmm. are ancestors who are not being honored or remembered in ways that they recognize. Right. And so they're just reaching out however they can. Mm-hmm. So here's my question. Uh-huh. been pondering this one for a while because I wanted to make sure how I asked it. Okay. So you said, you know, if they're really your ancestor, and you just talked about, you know, my dad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Some of them, don't you want them to dissolve? Say you're related to, I don't know, Manson. Yes. Or Adolf Hitler. So or, here's the thing. you know, wouldn't you? Here's the thing. Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. But unfortunately, there are enough people who remember them mm-hmm. that I can't make that happen. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I can't. You know, my refusal to, like, if I was related to Charles Manson, I wouldn't choose to work with Charles Manson. Right. I don't think he would be a cooperative dead. Right, yeah. So there would be no place for him at my altar. But Charles Manson is a well-known person, Mm -hmm. right? I guarantee you that there are some sick fucks out there who are worshipping Charles Manson. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, intentionally or otherwise. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't think he's dissolving anytime soon. Mm -hmm. I think he, you know, just continues doing whatever dead Charles Manson does. Cause problems, probably. Right. So, he's not Mm -hmm. on my altar. Yeah. So, join our Tiger Kelly and Jim on a visit to Tree Wizard Creations, where you can find custom engraved creations for all paths. They offer unique gifts and tools for altar, home, practice, and family. In addition to their standard product range, they offer custom commissions. If you can dream it, the wizard will create it. Contact them at treewizardcreations at gmail.com or follow them on Facebook. And I do know from personal revelation nice. that they are currently working on a website for everything. So Excellent. hopefully that'll be up soon. Finn says, so could this be the reason that we have places that are more haunted than others? People going there to contact and get proof of their existence. That's entirely possible. Yeah, I think if, hauntings are caused by a, a variety, a variety of phenomena. Some of them I think are house spirits. Some of them are probably house and or land spirits mm-hmm. that maybe just don't like people. Uh-huh. Right. Um, some of them may be... Or have demands. Some of it is a place memory. There's yep. not an actual spirit there, but the event that occurred yeah, just you know, is so strong. There's a lingering, habit. yeah, there's a lingering presence and a reenactment there's of right. something. A, there's an energy habit. There's an energy habit there. I think that happens a lot in places like Gettysburg. Yeah. I don't think all of those spirits that I, I that sensed, sensed when I was there were actual spirits so much as there was a lot of just energy and reenactment. Right. Some of them were. Yeah. Some of it was place memory because of what happened. Well, and I wouldn't be surprised if every time a reenactor goes to... Hi, Justin, again. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if every time a reenactor embodies an individual soldier at a place that they attach that Mm -hmm. spirit to that place again. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. And then I do also think that sometimes it is, like as Finn was suggesting... It is people who are going to try to mm-hmm. reach out. They, you know, for whatever reason, they are not able to either move on yep. or they maybe they don't have anyone who's remembering them. Yep. Right. So they're just reaching so out for contact. So they're just reaching right. out for contact. Yep. 
and recognition. Yep. That's yep. entirely possible. You wanted to talk about? Yeah, I wanted to talk about recently. I did want to say we appreciate everybody's patience with us not having an episode yes. last week. Sorry, yep. I got sick. Very ill, our ode, <laughs> and took several days to, uh-huh, to, to recover. recover. What we would have talked about then is we had an issue as far as car a in a job needed hunt. to be made, yep. yeah, about about cars job prospects. Exactly. Yep. We had some options. There were some options. So um, we did divination. Exactly, because Carr had a bad feeling or some uncertainty about mm-hmm. one job, and if he didn't take that job, what should he do? And so what we decided to do was use divination, and we basically we asked our yeah, ancestors. Yeah, we specifically asked the ancestors yeah. to divine We specifically us. asked the and ancestors. And we got the most confusing divination answers we've ever we gotten. We were very perplexed by the responses we received, yes. Yep. But they mm-hmm. all made sense the next day. The very, yeah, next, the very day. next day, yeah. <laughs> because everything came to fruition. Yep. That was what that was that we divined and the messages that our ancestors gave to us, yeah. which has led to Carr now being in the position in, in, employed in a in a job he's very happy very with. Very happy yeah. with. And so Which was not even on our horizon when we did the divination. Nope, nope. But we did the divination and it was like, well wait until tomorrow and then go to X place where you will receive communication right. that will take you where you need to be and then follow your intuition. And we were like, what? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. But okay, I guess. And it all happened. Yeah, we literally exactly did it, as what, it was meant. four or five times? We did yeah. Different, we did. asked the to same, clarify. We asked the same questions with two different pendulums and astrology dice and a tarot deck yep. and an oracle deck. Yep. Yep. But the very next day, everything that our ancestors laid out mm-hmm. for us in this response all came to fruition. Came to all fruition. came to fruition. Yeah. So that's evidence, if you'd like, that uh if you establish these relationships with your ancestors, because I've had a longstanding ancestor veneration tradition. Gwyn has about a year, a of, year of ancestor, of ancestor veneration. veneration. The and we had just recently done mm-hmm. uh, an, ancestor. an ancestor ritual mm-hmm. uh, honoring and remembering our ancestors. On Samhain. If you do those things, if you establish those lines of communication, if you if you strengthen those relationships, your ancestors are trying to look out for you. You. That's right. right. Just give them opportunities, especially if you do what I do and you just tell the troublesome dead that they can't work with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, then all the ancestors left at your shrine are the ones who want to work with you. So we're going to have a whole episode where we talk about like the mechanics of, of an ancestor veneration tradition. Do you have anything else? No, I think that's it. Do you have anything else? Mm, no. All right. Well, that's it for three pagans and a cat. <laughs> Guess what, guys? We're done. You can find us Basically everywhere on the internet. If the internet has a place, we're probably there. You can go to three, the number three, pagansonacat.com. That is our website. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot of stuff. Yep. You will we, find our links in the individual episodes. Individual episodes. Um, Gwen has a Patheos blog mm-hmm. that Carr and I are hypothetically supposed to contribute to. <laughs> yep. Hypothetically being the thing. Hypothetically. Thing. Yep. Uh, yeah. We have YouTube and Twitter. Yep. And Instagram. Facebook. And Facebook. And page. Uh, we have the Discord. Mm-hmm. We have a Redbubble. We have Patreon, which again, we love our patrons. Right. Thank you yes. again, patrons, uh, for all that you and, do. And you can, I will remind you again, 110% thank our patrons for the fact that we have moved to a weekly schedule. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're, Push. That was their effort. <laughs> yes. Yep. And they made it happen. Alright, so I think that's everything. That's it. That's yep. it. Okay. Yep. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Next right. week. I'm gonna Next click week. this. Yeah, really soon. Very soon, yeah. <laughs> so you want me to click this? Yeah. Okay. Well,
You want to wait? Nope. Press the button. You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com. 